Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. We are continuing to go down the list of UConn opponents and and talk with their head coaches. So joining me today is the head coach at Stonehill, Chris Cross. So coach, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, excited to see Stonehill uh, back on the schedule. I know last year was the big opening game uh, against UConn, not only for for UConn fans excited to tip off the season there, but for you and your program to make that transition up to D1. Uh, Looking back quickly, how was that first year in D1 for you guys? It was fun. Um, A whole new experience, you know, obviously for our team, our program, our alumni. um, But I think, you know, we kind of hit the ground running a little bit and and jumping into league play halfway through showed that we belonged and we were, you know, really competitive team and and had some really good players to, you know, in our program and to, to go play against some other teams. But uh, it was a, it happened quick. I'll tell you that much. And I think opening the season at UConn at you guys, the, we found out very quick what the bar is and the level that, uh, you know, this is the top of the top and the cream of the crop right right off the bat. So um, we learned, you know, what a national champion level team looks like on night one opening night when the ball got tipped off. So um, just a tremendous year. Great experience for us and excited to continue our program moving forward. I, I feel like we're seeing a, a decent amount of teams over the past number of years make that jump into D1. As you look back on last year and look towards the future, what do you think was the biggest challenge that stood out to you in making that transition and joining the D1 ranks? I think just from a basketball standpoint, the size, the physicality, and just you go through, you know, especially at this level at, at in the NEC at the low major level playing, you know, top level teams the blue bloods and you know teams that just are overwhelming with size physicality speed and talent and it's different than what we had faced at the division two level where we were one of the elite programs and one of the top you know teams in the any 10 but also across the country we felt and um you now go just play a higher tier level and but i think it, it teaches you a lot where you learn about your group through through a lot of that grind and those challenging games, and it really prepares you for your own league. Um, I think behind the scenes, there's a lot more to it at this level. There's a lot more that, you know, that we infrastructure-wise are, are getting in place to sustain success or sustain our ability to to do it at this level. Um, it's, it's just different than Division Two. It's the whole you don't know what you don't know element. And I think over the last you know, 12 months where we kind of got our feet wet and learned what it takes a little bit. Now we're building towards, you know, having a consistent Division One program. So last year, first year, take me through what the process has been like of putting these non-conference schedules together. I know this year you're playing UConn again, but you've also got a game against Kentucky. You've got some other great mid-majors on, on the schedule. What's your process like for putting these non-conference schedules together for your team? Well, I mean, you want to first off try to find as many competitive games as you can, you know, to try to find games where you can compete and hopefully win. Um, we've also looked at it where just never being able to do this before as a Division II program and, you know, second year of it, there's an excitement and the ability to go play Kentucky, to play UConn, to play. We're at Rutgers this year, we're at Miami. Um, you know, you could have only hoped to do that with an exhibition um, prior. And now I think we're trying to give our our players, our alumni, our school, 
you know, this opportunity to be on a different stage and different, you know, level where the the national television games that were on ESPN, the SEC network, the ACC, like that would not have happened before. So I think just, you know, using that to help our program and help our school is part of, of part of what we're doing. Um, but we're, we want to experience, you know, these games and just give our players an experience to remember, but also have the opportunity to compete and try to go win games. Um, we're not, a, we're not hiding from anyone. We're not afraid to play anyone. We're excited to play everybody, you know, and like last year in the opener at UConn, we knew we were completely overmatched, but there was such an excitement. Let's go play these guys. Let's go see what it's like. And now, you know, we're playing two final four teams from last year, obviously the national champs again, we're going to be at venues that, you know, these guys have only watched on TV, but um, it's a tremendous opportunity. And I think you just, you know, you're putting it together. Let's go, let's go play those teams that you want to play, but also go try to find some good competitive games for your program to, to build into league play. So, so looking now to, to this season, we're, we're just about a, a little over a week till you'll, you'll play UConn. How are you feeling about your team at this point, you know, heading into the season? So we're compared to last year, we're a lot younger. Um, we just don't have the experience that we had last year. We we graduated four players, lost five players off of last year's team. And I think, you know, for us, we're really looking at this non-conference schedule that it, we we just got to continue to learn and we got to continue to grow game to game. Um, we had a group last year that once we went through our non-conference schedule, we, you know, we finished tied for second in the NEC. We had a chance to win the league. Um, but we're an older, more experienced team in our program and knowing our terminology, our style of play and things like that. Um, and I think this this schedule for November, December, it's going to show us a lot of who we are. And I think we're going to really grow and we will be a different team come January than we are right now. Um, and, you know, like as we obviously getting ready for UConn in a week, like we'll have two games under our belt where last year it was the opener at UConn. Yeah. And we're at least going to, you know, our guys are going to be a little more in the fire and entrenched to, okay, this is what it's like. And we, we have a lot of guys that have just not played at this level before or played limited minutes at, a, at just a different situations. But um, it's going to be a continued growth and learning process for these guys. And I, I think, I mean, obviously UConn, they, you know, they're still a top four or five in the country and that good and Donovan and, and all these guys, like it's, it's a total different level toward to what we are, but I hope we can, you know, we're going to just try to go compete and play as tough and physical as we can and try to just give them everything we have. And same thing, our opener at GW, just try to show a little bit of who we are and our pro who our program is, but just continue to try to learn and grow with our, you know, with our team right now. As we get ready for this matchup, uh, UConn fans always like to, you know, be as knowledgeable as they can. Can you take us through your roster a little bit in terms of, you know, some guys, you know, UConn fans should keep their eyes on in that game next Saturday? Yeah. So, I mean, our returning, um, our all conference player, Max Zigorowski, who was third team all league last year. He's a preseason all-conference nominee right now. Uh, Max, I think, was 13 or 14 points a game last year. Uh, he's honestly one of the top shooters in the country and in the NEC, but also, you know, he's just that good of a shooter. Um, so he's going to get the focus of a lot of scouting reports everywhere we go where people are going to try to take him away. Um, we brought in a transfer point guard, Tony Felder, who had a really good freshman year at VMI. And Tony, you know, he we, we're going to put the ball in his hands and let him play and, you know, kind of be in our system. He's a quick little point guard that can get by, get to the paint and create. Um, cool thing for for UConn, he and Donovan Klingon have grown up together. Uh, oh. they, played, they played AU together for the Spartans. So they are 
best friends and excited to, you know, to be on the floor together and going against each other. Um, but they, yeah, you can watch those too. Just, you know, if you go back, you see pictures of them as kids and through high school playing. Um, Pano Pavlidis, who is a transfer for us, who came over from Hartford. Um, he played at Hartford last year as a grad transfer, who's going to be a part of it for us. Thatcher Stone was one of our guys who was a starter for us last year. Um, we've got Jackson Benigni, who's from Connecticut and is a diehard UConn fan, with now the exception of one night a year almost. Um, he grew up a Huskies fan and is just he he actually redshirted last year, was on our roster and didn't get to play coming off of surgery and now is healthy and you know will be in the mix. And um yeah, I think like we've got four freshmen that are really talented. Safon Triplett, Austin Abrams, Louis Simona, who played at St. Thomas More in Connecticut for Jerry Quinn, yeah. and then Todd Brogna, who's from Worcester and um is really close with Caravan, like they're childhood friends and stuff. So like there's a lot of connections between yeah. the two schools and programs of players. But um, uh, but yeah, so we I mean We've got a couple transfers, three transfers, four freshmen um, with some returners who, you know, are back to help our program grow. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosol's Meats. This fourth generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosol's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosalsinc.com and go support a UConn fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. I know you, you you talk a little bit about the opportunity for playing UConn, but as you're going down your roster there and mentioning all the, the local kids and the connections there, how cool is it to give them the opportunity to go and play in a game like this? It is. It, it totally is. You know, when we... I mean, a little, you pull the curtains back behind the scenes when I mentioned to our players this summer that we were going to go play UConn, the the excitement on their faces. And I know guys are pulling out their phone, texting their friends, you know, Tony texted, like things like that. And it, it's, you, you try as a coach, you want to win, you want to be competitive. But I think ultimately we want to give our kids an experience that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives and playing games like this. Like last year, we have alums that, you know, hey, I played against, boom, like that. Like that's where these guys are going to take lifelong memories. Um, and our hope as coaches is that let's be competitive and try to go win and try to compete. But you want to do right by your players and your kids to, you know, help them remember things and be set up for success down the road. I know we're primarily talking UConn here, but later in the season, you're going to be making a few more trips back to Connecticut. You get you got Central and, and Sacred Heart in the NEC. How are you feeling about the conference uh, heading into this year? I mean, it's I think it's going to be, you know, really, really competitive again. You know, Sacred Heart is picked to win the league. I think Central is picked second. Um, you know, it's I our hope is, as we grow through our non-conference schedule is to be really competitive and right there in the mix. I think we're going to have some opportunities to do that. You know, once January and NEC play rolls around, um, there's, you know, Sacred Heart, I think it's, I think is one of the, the most experienced oldest teams in the country. I think they're a top six or seven team based on the overall experience. And that's just not who we are right now. Um, but I think, you know, Merrimack, you know, Merrimack College, who's in the NEC, they won our league last year. They didn't win a not, they did not win a division one game in the, in the non-conference schedule and went on to win the league. And just watching those guys where the experience that their younger guys got last year, they grew up through the fall. They grew up and became, you know, experienced college players come January. So 
when we get around to play Central and Sacred Heart, that's our hope that we're going to be older, more mature, and just more aware after we go, you know, play at UConn, play at Kentucky, play at Miami, at Rutgers, that that's going to really season us for, for league play. Does it give you and your team confidence seeing what, what Fairleigh Dickinson from your league went out and did last year in the NCAA tournament, showing that, you know, teams from the NEC can go out there and compete with these power teams, you know, I'm almost not even there. Yeah, no, I think so. I think it absolutely does. I think it gives, you know, uh, everybody across the country at the low major level that on any given night, you know, you know, it, good players are good players yeah. wherever they are. And, and we split, like we beat FDU last year. They beat us at our place. We beat them at theirs. So, you know, our group last year felt, you know, what could we have done that? I don't know, but our guys were confident. And yeah, I think it shows players at any level um, with what FDU did with what UMBC did years back, you know, mm-hmm. beating Virginia um, that if you play hard, you compete and you're going to give yourselves an opportunity no matter who you're playing. You mentioned that this team that you've got for the, for this year is, is a younger team. What are some of the keys with dealing with a younger team like you have this year as you try to build this team up for success, you know, as you proceed through the season and, and into future seasons as well? You know, I think one of the ones that we've talked about as a staff is just mentally staying the course, just trying to keep keep that positivity and keep that energy going in the right direction. Um, I th- It's hard for young guys when they don't have immediate success to – you know, stay with it, stay with the process, enjoy, enjoy the process um, where they could be deterred or just frustrated and a little bit too much where they take away from, okay, what the overall bigger picture is. Um, we're really focused just on details with these guys defensively. I think that's one of the biggest things where, you know, you got to get them to a level to communicate and to to be able to follow your your game plan and your own strategies and to stay with that night in and night out or even practice the practice where it's just it's different at the college level and the caliber of player and caliber of teams you're about to go up against you have to be locked in for an entire 40 minutes or an entire hour to two hour practice and with with young guys it's it's hard to get them there that it's just the you don't know what you don't know and experience is the best teacher that They've got to get thrown in the fire and just go figure it out. And we're about to do that. Um, but I think just kind of keeping them, keeping them with it, trying to have them stay the course and just build game to game, week to week um, for the, you know, for the full season for for that. I'll wrap with this one for you. I know uh, you're a Stonehill alum and, and I feel like it's got to be pretty cool to not only coach your alma mater, but get to lead them through the transition that you've led them through. What, what, what's that been like for you and getting to be a part of something like that? It's special. It, it it honestly is. Like we I, I look at where our my alumni emails, our alumni chats, the text messages. I'm an alum. Like I become a fan. I become a part of one of, you know, my best friends and former teammates and mentors that looking at what we're doing. And it's exciting. Like when I send an email or we send a national TV broadcast graphic out to everyone, it's it's really neat to see. And um, to have the opportunity to sit where I am, it, you know, it, it's, I don't take it lightly. I try to work as hard as I possibly can because just being fortunate to, to do this. And, um, I get a lot of texts and a lot of messages from grief from friends that I played with that, the little, the jokes behind the scenes, but it's, it's really neat to be a part of it. Um, and to just be fortunate to, to be in charge and, you know, to be with this program. Cause I love Stonehill. It offered me an opportunity to grow up and play and, you know, have a career. And here I am now trying to give back every single day to, to our next group of players.
Yeah, that's great. Sounds sounds like a really uh, great opportunity there. So, Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on and, and help preview this game and your team. Uh, best of luck to you guys uh, throughout the season. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.